Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Talking about being in the Christmas spirit and, and preparing ourselves for Christmas, there's a lot to do right to get ready for Christmas I mean is it not like the most exhausting month or some of you I've seen some of you are are those rogue people who want to put your trees up in like Labor Day or something you know so your your season is busier even longer Um, but there's there's a lot to do to prepare right and we we have this idea about Christmas and we want it to be just right right we have these these, these images that, that it should be perfect and, and everything should be great just the way it is. Um, one of my favorite little pictures I've seen around on the internet, and, and I don't think it's a meme, I think it's, it's somebody's real um, Christmas photograph of their, of their kids, and you may have seen it too. There's a little girl in the middle sitting down. There's two twin boys on either side of her, and they have the wooden letters joy and the, they're all tilted sideways, and every one of them is screaming or wailing in the picture. It's, I, I love that, you know? And it's like, oh, that's your, you know, that's probably not that parent's idea of the perfect Christmas card, and now it's all over the Internet, you know? So they're like, oh, man, everybody has to see that. But I, I think it's great, but we, we have to do a lot of things. We, we decorate, right? Some people are, are really into that. You want your your home to look nice. Nobody goes, you know, it's Christmas time. I think I'm going to make my house look as dumpy as possible, right? Nobody, nobody says that. We all want it to look really nice. We want people to drive by and ooh and ah, and, and we want to feel good about it. Um, the lost art or, or it's slipping away of Christmas cards. Some of you maybe still do cards. And, and then the, uh, to me, um, the, the dreaded Christmas letter trying to write about we did this and we went on vacation there and you know remembering a whole year's worth of stuff it's like what I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday how am I going to write this big letter but some of you do that and, and have to get that out and then of course there's presents right so there's shopping and then there's wrapping so there's there's all of those things and um there's also, I've, I've seen on the internet, and those of you that put pictures of your food, y'all are, y'all are killing me. You're making me hungry 24-7 um, with, the, with the baking pictures and the candy-making pictures. And by the way, I've not been the recipient of any of the baking or candy-making yet, so um, church office is open Monday through Friday. But there's all that kind of stuff, right? And then there's... Um, there's the traditions, right? We all want to have that with our families. Maybe there's something you've always done. Our family, always growing up, uh, we're, we're German, and it was kind of a tradition that, that you would put a pickle, not a real pickle, a pickle ornament on your Christmas tree, and you'd hide it somewhere on there, and whichever kid found it uh, would get the prize. And to this day, that's my favorite thing. And my son, he's 21 years old, and he still goes, I found the pickle, and I try to give him $5, and he's like, whoa, it should be like 50 now. <laughs> but the traditions of going places or taking the kids to see Santa or, 
or all of those things, right? They all take preparation. And we want everything to be just right, and we want it to fit in our nice, neat little package of whatever's in our head, <clears throat> excuse me, about what Christmas is supposed to look like. We do the same thing when it comes to preparing ourselves spiritually. We have, we have some idea or notion that we're supposed to to come into church different than we, than we come in the rest of the year. We're supposed to, in, in December, you're supposed to sit there and be like, you know, something, lay it on me. I, I need to leave glowing or something. And, and we want that to be a perfect experience as well. Unfortunately, we kind of set ourselves up. There's a, there's a problem with all that. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. Um, but I, I want to... I got some pictures off the internet that I, that I want to show you that, that kind of are, are that, that kind of Christmassy, spiritual things that we think of. And so I, I got some pictures, some of them are copies of artwork and, and, and things like that that I'm going to show you. But to me, they depict pretty Jesus. And, and in fact, the title of this message is Pretty Jesus. And so let, let's take a look. Go ahead and, and, and show that first picture. Um, so there's Jesus. I, you know, somebody's stained glass interpretation of Jesus uh, in the manger. Uh, that's the only stained glass that you'll see here. Uh, we, we have glass, but none of it is stained. Well, it might be dirty. There might be kids' smudge marks on the door, but the, not that kind of stained glass. Um, but that, that is, you know... Uh, Lovely artwork that somebody could do stained glass like that. That's, I'm sure it came out of a larger piece in a, in a church somewhere. Go ahead and show that next one. You've probably seen an image like that or maybe that one that is like something you'd see on a Christmas card or, or a really nice piece of artwork if you went to a museum or, or something like that. In fact, you can see the, you know, there's all kinds of interpretations of the nativity scene. Uh, go ahead and show that next one. And then, of course, that's a picture of a, um, a, a statue piece somewhere. I, would, I, would, I don't know if that came out of a church, but there is uh, Mary holding baby Jesus, you know, very pretty kind of a thing. Okay, the next one. Uh, and there's that looks like older artwork. Um, to me, what, what I didn't notice when I, when I got this one off the Internet, um, the, the proportions are, are kind of like... It's got a baby head for baby Jesus, and then look at the body. Is like, I asked Aaron in the last service, I said, when you pack a baby around, is, are Ethan's legs like hanging over the side like that? But here's what I figured out this time. I think the proportion of the body matches the proportions of Mary's nose. That, that's kind of what I long, you know, just <laughs> figured that out. But, but again, lovely artwork with the little angels playing the instruments floating around, and that, that's pretty. So next one. Oh, Jesus is a little boy now, so he's, he's a little older. We're, uh, you know, I'll guess that that's Mary and Joseph, and he's, he's uh, having a good time being little, little toddler Jesus. We don't see too many depictions of toddler Jesus. Go ahead with the next one. And then there, you've seen images like these, if you haven't seen that one, of, of Jesus in, in all his glory as an adult man. And, and, of course, every picture you see comes out of the interpretation of the artist. And you know, there's the big famous one that 
for whatever reason. It's so famous, I couldn't find it. But it's, he's sort of profile, and it's just his face, and he's got the long, flowing hair, you know, and, and um, it's pretty, right? Pretty Jesus. Okay, next one. This is the last one. And then there's a, a, a pretty depiction of, of the Last Supper, right before Jesus is going to be betrayed. He's with his disciples. But again, someone's interpretation of Jesus. Okay, thank you for those. Um, and, and that's kind of how we see him. It's pretty Jesus. But, the, but the, there's problems with pretty Jesus. So if we have those kind of mindsets... And we come into church and we're like, this is, this is who Jesus is supposed to be. Um, how are we going to prepare for Christmas? And, you know, one of, the things I, one of the things I hated about Harvest when I first came on board was, was the fact that we don't, we don't do bells and whistles at Christmas time. You may go to other churches where you've got the, the, the choirs and there's a service every night of the week and there's a reason for a service and the, and the, the trees with all the ornaments with the meaning and the, and the advent candles and the, the whole thing. And at first I was, because I grew up with all that real high church, and I was like, we can't have Christmas. If there's not three pink candles, a purple one and a white one in the middle, it's just not Christmas. We can't have it. And, and, and Bud, uh, true to his style, uh, we've known each other for a long time now, but back in the early days, he, I, sat at, I sat at his desk one day and I said, dude, where's the, where's the candles? It's Christmas. And he, he did what he always does, which is really annoying. I love it now, but it was really annoying then. He took his Bible and he pushed it across the table and he said, show me the candles in here and we'll do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> no candles. Those, those are nice. But see, here's the expectation. We've set ourselves up for pretty perfect Jesus. And we think we have to do pretty perfect for Christmas. But he, there's a problem with that. So I want you to use your imaginations a little bit. Um, the, the first service I went like this. Use your imaginations. I, don't, I think it was I was trying to say pull a hat down on your, the imagination hat on your head. It was like really stupid. So and I'm doing it again. I shouldn't tell my secrets from first service to second. So never mind. I want you to use your imaginations. And I want you to think of your life. Now I'm not talking about your memories. And I'm not talking about your house. And I'm not talking about your day-to-day stuff. I'm talking about your, your life. Who you are. Okay, you're, you're, and this is big on the spiritual component. I want you to think of your life like a house. Can you do that? Imagine the interior, you've got an outside of your house and you've got an inside. And everybody you encounter has to come up on the front porch if you imagine your house with a front porch. So imagine it with a front porch. Now I'm putting conditions on how, your imagination, but I want you to imagine it with a front porch and a front door and a doorbell. Everybody you encounter comes up to that front door and either knocks on the door or rings the doorbell, right? Same is true with Jesus. And so the problem is, if we stick with pretty Jesus, all wrapped up nice and neat and and tidy, we have a hard time letting Jesus wander around in our homes. 
Now, I, um, because what do we do? If you knew the, the A-type personalities are going to go nuts when I, when I say this. If you knew that in 20 minutes you were having company come to your front door and you didn't know it until 20 minutes before, what would you do? Right now, see, some of you are, are, are like squirming in your seats going, it's making you like anxious just to think about people are coming to my house and oh my gosh, these are important guests and my house. Because what do we want to do when somebody comes over? We want it to look nice, right? Now, I, I've told this story before, but in the early years of Harvest, we did a whole lot more with, with small groups. Uh, and I had a, a small group of women that came to my house. And this was the time when, when David was just a little toddler. Not you. I don't know why I looked at you when I said David. Not him. <laughs> my, my, my David. <laughs> my David. <laughs> Um, but I'd be at work all day and I knew they were coming at 6.30 and and I would get home and I'd be like I can't let them in we'd meet in the living room because we we don't have a big huge house and and the only place to meet was the living room we didn't have this little extra place that I kept locked up and clean or anything Um, so they were coming to the living room so I would run around and I would pick up all of David's toys, right? I'm grabbing everything all over the floor. And the counter would be, you know, all the mail that came and all the stuff, Ryan's stuff and my stuff. And I would scoop it all up. And I would, we have two full bathrooms with bathtubs. And I would put all of this stuff, everything in the tubs, over the top of the tubs. And I would pull the curtain. And I would walk around and go, it was, it was clean, it looks pretty good. But the stuff was over, you know, if the tub was about that high, the, some of the stuff was like this high, and it was just balanced, just right. If any of them, I don't think they ever did, if any of them, some of you might be peekers. You go in somebody's bathroom and you start, like, looking around just to, you know, because you want to find out stuff about them. Hmm. Hmm. Fortunately, none of them did that. I think if they had pulled the shower curtain, it was balanced just enough where it all would have gone, you know, falling over. But this is, this is what we do. So now back to the idea of your life, your interior life, your spiritual life, emotional, you know, all of that stuff that you kind of keep inside. That's your house. And, and that person I showed you in those pictures has come to the door. Now, for, for a lot of you, you opened the door and you said, Jesus, come on in. You've done that at some point in your life. You've, you've said, Jesus, I, I want my life to be with you. I give my heart to you or whatever. And so you've invited him in, but you've said, stay in the mudroom, stay in the whatever your entryway looks like. Go in the living room. Do not wander around. And do not pull the shower curtain back. <laughs> right? Because if pretty Jesus comes to your door, You've got to have everything right spiritually, don't you? You've got, you got to look good. You've got to know all the words to the songs. You sure got to know the words to the Lord's Prayer in the 23rd Psalm, and, 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 and you better know the right times to kneel and, and stand up and do all those things because pretty Jesus has come. We've got to get past that idea. We're not going to prepare for the coming of Jesus like that. Because next Sunday, next Sunday is our big Christmas Sunday. 
that, that's our service. We don't do Christmas Eve or, or anything. We want you to spend time with your families and, and all of that, and we want to spend time with our families. So next Sunday is our big Christmas service, and right here we'll celebrate Holy Communion. And we don't do that very often here. And one of the reasons, people ask all the time, why don't we, why don't we celebrate Holy Communion more often? And, and part of the reason for that is we are a seeker service. We build this service with people in mind that, that don't know high church, or maybe you're like, I don't know what that means. We don't want to just do ritual for the sake of doing ritual without explaining it. So when we have it, it's very important, and we explain that that is, you know, symbolically getting to share in the body and blood of Jesus. We, we break bread, and just like they did uh, in the upper room, uh, right before Jesus was betrayed, and, and they used wine, but we, we use grape juice, and, and it's symbolic. And I love it because, to me, there are certain times where the veil is thin between heaven and earth. And, and we get a glimmer. And I think Holy Communion is one of those times where, wow, we are receiving his brokenness into ourselves to bring us healing, and it's beautiful and powerful, but we're not ready to do that because we got to get past pretty Jesus. So um, you should have on your seats, have, you should have a little, some of you may be sitting on them, you may have a little card that, says, that has numbered 1 through 10. Somebody came in the last service, and I said, oh, they said, I know Chris is preaching, there's something on our seats. So surprise, surprise. I'm going to give you, um, not as in, a, um, as in a tonight show, top ten, whatever, but I'm going to give you a list of ten things that we would never say about pretty Jesus. Okay, a list of ten things we would never say about pretty Jesus, and I could have printed all those out for you. Um, but I, I also... It, I have a psychology degree, and, and the truth is when you want, the, and for some of you that need to remember stuff, writing it out in your own hand, not typing it onto a keyboard, writing it out in your own hand is a, is a powerful way to remember something. And I want you to remember this list, so that's why I want you to write it out. Now, they'll be one, two, three, four. They'll be up on the screen, too. I'm going to say them, but they'll be up there for you to write them out. And so if you didn't bring something to write with, there should be some pens in there. Um, and if you don't have a pen, you're welcome to take it home with you. But if you do have a pen, then you can pop it right back in there when you're done. And uh, so this is ten things that we would never say or think about pretty Jesus. Number one, no beauty. Number one is no beauty. Number two is despised despised. Number three is rejected. Number four is suffered. Number five things that we would never say about pretty Jesus is familiar with pain. Number six, pierced. Pierced. Number seven, crushed. Number eight, oppressed. 
Number nine, afflicted. And number 10, punished. Whatever that idea is about pretty Jesus, and especially what Jesus should be at Christmas time, or who we, we've made up in our minds to think he is, we wouldn't say these things about him. We would tend to say things like, he's so perfect and holy, which is, which is also true, that we can't relate to him in any way. But this list is very different. And so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to read a passage of scripture this morning and read a whole chapter. And some of you may be uh, thinking, oh, she's going to read the, the, from Luke. She's going to read the Christmas story. I love that story. Me too. I'm not going to read that. That's not going to be our text this morning. I'm going to use the other Christmas story. Some of you are going, the one from Matthew, the one from Mark, the, what other Christmas story? There's another one. And it's very different from the Christmas story that you know that, you know, Mary, uh, the angel comes and Mary's going to have a baby and she freaks out and, and Joseph freaks out even more and then they ride the donkey and all that. You know, you, you no. This is a very different... That's fun. Is it, you like that? She snorted. That was good. You like my rendering of that? It was very holy, wasn't it? Yeah. It was good. No, I'm, we're going we're gonna to go with the other one. And there is another one. And I'm, I'm going to read it slowly. And part of the reason I'm going to read it slowly is it's very hard for me to read. It's going to be very hard for you to hear the other story of Jesus, but very important. And this one actually comes from the book of Isaiah in the Old, uh, Old Testament, chapter 53. Now, I want to tell you something before we read it. There's a couple of things you need to know that are very important. I want you to hold them in the front of your brain while you're listening to these words. And the first, one is, the first thing is that, that Isaiah was a prophet of God. A prophet of God just means a, a, a guy that God told stuff to that was to tell the people. And so that's who Isaiah was. But what I want you to know is this, well, all of Isaiah, but chapter 53, what I'm going to read you, was spoken to Isaiah and then written down hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born. Okay, that's important to, to kind of keep in the, in the front of your mind. Hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born. The other thing is when I read it, it's gonna, just like these words here that I told you, they're going to be in the past tense as if it had already happened. What an odd thing that God would say it that way to Isaiah, something that wasn't going to happen for hundreds and hundreds of years, and he would say it as if it had already happened. Now, why is that important? You're going, why do I have to keep that in the front of my brain? Why is that important? It's important because this was always God's plan. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been the triune God, the three in one, always. I know that's hard to wrap our minds around. Before the world was ever created, they always were, and this was always the plan. It wasn't like, man, none of the stuff I've ever done has worked, so let me change plans and we'll send you, Jesus, down to the earth. It was always meant to be this way. 
always. And so hundreds of years beforehand, it was told in this way. So if you would hear these words of Isaiah chapter 53. And it starts out with uh, the first verse. It just jumps right in. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? It's a question. And then we move in. He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. That's hard to speak those words. That's hard to hear those words. This is our Jesus. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered... He will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I don't know a harder passage of scripture to read, to hear, to, to digest, to swallow, to think of, of Jesus in that way. But here's what I'll tell you. That story of Christmas, that's not pretty Jesus. That's beautiful Jesus. 
because he chose. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit chose to become this list for us. And it changes everything. Do you see, if we are, if we are that, if our lives are that house, and, and our, our thinking of pretty Jesus comes to the door, we're like, oh, I, 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 gotta, I gotta dress up. I gotta clean up. I gotta give him some really good stuff. And I don't have it. Or I gotta hide an awful lot of my stuff because it's so ugly. It's so broken. It's so dysfunctional. Let me just tell you right here, we could sit down, I could sit down with, with you individually, we could sit down all together and we could start sharing stories of our, the brokenness, the things that have happened to us in life. And I'm not minimizing any of those, I got my own. It's hard living here. We weren't meant for this, but this is where we are. And we all got those, but you don't have this. Because you're, you're still here. I, could you stand under this list? I couldn't. Could you survive under this list? I couldn't. And he chose it. He chose it. So that when the doorbell rings and we open the door and this is who we see, it changes everything. Because you don't have to find him a nice, pretty present for Christmas and find the, the nicest wrapping paper. In fact, I always have a kind of a hard time with, with any of the depictions of, I, I know, I think this weekend they're doing maybe live nativity, you drive through or something like that over on Church Circle. Um, the wise men, I always have a hard time with, because they brought, right, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, you, you know, that really expensive stuff. I always kind of struggled with that. I know they wanted to honor the king, but they brought the, the stuff that would cost what we could never afford. And they brought it, and that, it was always in these fancy chests, right, or some kind of some fancy bottle or, or something like that, and it looked so pretty. And, and we've set ourselves up to think, Great, I'm supposed to prepare myself spiritually to, to do that thing, to, to greet baby Jesus like we do every year and welcome him into the world and welcome him into our lives. and all. We're supposed to have some big fancy gift and I don't have that. That's pretty Jesus thinking. But beautiful Jesus thinking is all twisted up. And what does he want from us if you let him in? He doesn't want a nice, pretty package that you've worked on. You're like, I, I'm not going to let you very far into my life until I've made everything right. I've got, I got to get everything straight. i got these messes over here. i got these fires burning. i got all this stuff going, and, I, and I'm not ready to greet you, pretty Jesus, because I don't have my act together. Hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, it was prophesied that he would become this list. It was the plan all along, and it's still the plan, and it's still the plan for you and for me. 
So if, you, if we get to the line where, you, where you're going, okay, tell me how to spiritually prepare for Christmas. I've done everything else. I got, the, I, I got everything set up. I know who's coming for company. I got this planned. I got to, you know, I'm going to pick up the ham at wherever. And how do I prepare spiritually? Okay, I'll tell you. And, and there, there's, there's two things. And there, there's just two things. And so you're either, you're gonna, you, you can do one of these two things. For those of you that, that may never have said, I didn't let Jesus in my house. He's been ringing that doorbell and, and making his knuckles bloody for years. I'm afraid to let him in because I know my life's going to change. It will. But you haven't kicked him off the porch or you wouldn't be sitting in here. Right? You let him stay on the porch. So if that is you, you have the opportunity today. The band's going to play here in, in, in a few minutes a song that I asked them to, to play, especially for this morning. We're not going to sing it. We're just going to turn the lights down. You have an opportunity to say, ah, I thought I had to get everything right first to let pretty Jesus in. But man, I can let beautiful Jesus in. Because no matter what I've ever gone through, he's not going to think it, he, it. It can't be worse than what's on this list. Trust me, I got my own list. It doesn't line up. It doesn't stand a candle to this. Neither does your stuff. Do you have the opportunity to go, all right, I, I want beautiful Jesus in my life. Wander around. But then there's, then there's the other choice. If you're like, I already did that. I let him stand right in the foyer. In fact, I let him go all the way down to the hallway and look in the living room. Here's your way to prepare for Christmas. You've got to make more room. Because there's not a person in here. There's not a person in this world that is open wide up to 100% because that's our life's work. And so are you going to make more room for Jesus in 2020 or are you just going to be like, I'm just going to leave him, you know, I, I get, I'll, go, I'll let beautiful Jesus in. I'll even bring him a chair in the hallway. Or are you going to make more room? And the way you make more room is to not wrap up a pretty package and say, all right, I'm going to sign up today. I'm going to work in the nursery. I'm finally going to do it. That's the package. That's what I'm giving Jesus for Christmas, wrapped up in a nice package. I'm doing it. They're always harping about we need more volunteers, which we do. But, you know, <laughs> sneak, slide that in there. <laughs> but I'm going to do that. that that's a pretty package. Whatever you'd put in the bathtub and pull the shower curtain on is what he came here for. It was planned for all eternity to be this way. He wants you to bring him a sloppy, messy, broken, fearful, depressed, anxiety-ridden gift. And as I was thinking about this, the image came to my mind of every time I take a crock pot full of something in the car... Right? 
It's always, it's always full, and it, and it goes sloshing out the sides and make a big stinking mess. That's, that's what he wants you to bring him for a Christmas gift, not gold, frankincense, and myrrh and some pretty package. He wants you to bring him your mess and make room for more beautiful Jesus. So the band is, is going is to play, and man... They, you know, I've, I asked them to, to, learn, to do this particular song, but they elevated it. Oh, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the lights down. You've got to decide. You want to be ready for Christmas? What will you do today? Will you open the door or will you make more room? Will you bring him your ugly, sloppy gift and say, I'm tired of hiding it away from you. It's what you wanted in the first place. I've been trying to give you everything else, and you're like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. I want your mess. Now, while that song's playing, you can stay in your seats and give him your mess. But I know that there's some of you in here that you just feel like, I need to give him this mess so badly that I just need to get up and walk right down here and do that. I'm not telling you you have to do anything fancy here. I'm not saying you have to slobber all over the place and waller all over the ground, but you can do that if you want to as well. But you just know you're like, I can't hold on to this mess that's flopping all over the place any longer, and I just I need to put it down. Because in its place next week, it's going to be more Jesus given right back to you. Right back to you. So will you do the work today to prepare for Christmas and for beautiful Jesus? Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.